When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Ooh, welcome back to the 3 Take presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 399. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. And Nate. Hello, hello. Bye. I hate the Diamondbacks. You hate them? I'm just going to come right out and say it. And it's not for the reasons that you would think. Mm, I don't actually have anything against the D-backs. So you don't hate them? No, I do. But not actually. But I do. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. For selfish reasons. Okay. We mapped it out like an episode or two ago, maybe three, okay, possibly four. Ah, uh, yes. That we were going to finish the year, finish the season with episode 400. Yes. Having picked the Rangers myself, thinking that they would make light work of the, the D-backs, they win the first game. I said, okay, we're right on track here. And then the D-backs come out and just put a good old-fashioned smacking sure did on the Rangers in game two which now means technically my prediction still I mean we're still within the realm of possibility there Rangers in five that's what I did say I said six so I think we're yeah I just didn't uh, I wish they would have broken up the wins a little more efficiently now because the odds of them winning three straight and then us being able to end the season with episode four or sure recap sure. the the finale of the world series with episode 400 the right. chance of that are pretty slim now yeah we could now wait out like, for the whole thing yeah that's kind of what i was thinking because otherwise i feel like we're gonna have this weird like all 30, right we 30 they, minute episode that has nothing to do with four recapping one game like game yeah. six or seven or something i don't know so yeah. all that to say not the biggest fans of the Rangers right now. They should have just rolled over and died. We could just two. get the heck out of here in like 10 minutes and then just say this is 399.5. Or, you know, and the next one be 0.5. This one's a half a one. I don't know. Could get we could, creative. We could, a, we could milk it. 399A, and then we toss in a 399B. And then round it out 400. There you go. Um. I'll have to say though, game one. Let's just let's go through the first two games here. Checking in, two games in. Game one, 
I think you said it right before we hopped on. The best game of the postseason yeah, thus far. For sure. And I would have to agree. Yeah. It's not close. Not close. Back and I mean, forth. I was, try- I was trying to think of what the uh, what number two would be. And the fact that I have to think about it tells yeah, you where this postseason's been. Yeah. Maybe the... I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. Maybe the Diamondbacks walk-off? The walk-off? Yeah, they hit a little walk-off bloop single. You remember that? Which series? They were hosting. Um, Oh, the Philly series. Pretty sure it was against the Phillies, yeah. Yeah. Like game three? Game four, maybe? Game three, four. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember now. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But even then, it's like... That's, even then... It's like barely second place. Barely. There's a big gap between first and It's a distant else. second. Yeah. yeah. Game one, best game we've seen this... Our uh, best postseason game we've seen thus far, for sure. Um, the Adolis Garcia game, many are calling it. This is the Adolis Garcia month. The month. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- before we get into the actual gameplay, did you see there's a lot of commentary going around right now regarding the photo that it was I actually I, I included it in one of the, my posts that I put out. The, the bicep photo. Dude, can you explain that? Can anybody explain that? Explain what? Just the picture, the the human being, the specimen featured in that photo. Specimen is the right word. Yeah. I mean, that is... That's what I'm saying, dude. He's built like a middle linebacker. Like, I think... Yeah, his bicep is definitely as big as somebody's head. <laughs> It's nuts. I'm here for it. Dude's that a monster. Yeah, but... Man, what a great start for the Rangers, though. Um, and like I said, we'll get into it, obviously. Corey Seager, game time, two-run homer. Bottom of the ninth, one out. Uh, then you have the obvious walk-off. But I think... The the takeaway from game one was that it was a ra- it had to have been a rather demoralizing loss for the Astros because you played your brand of baseball, you played it well, you played small ball, you had mm-hmm. there was a true I think in the same mm-hmm. what was it the same inning you had a a sacrifice bunt a triple and a stolen base like that's that's. D-backs baseball, D-backs baseball, yeah. In a single inning, yep. Um, and you you hold the D-backs to minimal damage until obviously you get to the ninth and and beyond. But to be able to play that well right out of the gate, to play your brand of baseball and then drop it via walk off, that has punch. to be a rather demoralizing loss. But clearly, not they that demoralizing. They had enough time yeah. to bounce back to hit the reset button and come out swinging game two. But yeah. strong way to come out for the Rangers. What was the, um, yeah, for sure. Like the never say die 
that team is just, I mean, you, you can't, it can't be within striking distance. Like in this, this game too, I think was like the first, I think it was the first blowout that they like really, or the Rangers really were just out of it. I think every game, every loss has been, I think it's only what their third or fourth loss. So they've been playing good ball. Um, Yeah. The Diamondbacks, I mean, I, that's that's whatever it's funny because like i was telling you before we got on there's because they're in it i'm surrounded by people here that don't typically care about baseball that are now like watching the world series for obvious reasons because you know everyone here is kind of into it um and i feel like i'm just i'm surrounded by co-workers or friends like asking me questions and they're like do you think the diamondbacks have pulled off and i'm and i said it the last pod i'll say it again the team doesn't beat themselves. Like they don't like the Diamondbacks don't, they don't play bad baseball. If you beat them, you beat them because you're playing well. It's not because the Diamondbacks gave you a dub. You know what I mean? Like they're and not game gonna... one's a perfect example of that. Exactly. Like you, you didn't, that's just how baseball goes. As I think Tori Lavello's quote, it was like, it's just how the game goes sometimes. Um, but yeah, like they're just, they're super sound, dude. Everything they do is good defense, good base running. They're going to hit. They're going to hit behind runners. They're going to move guys over. They're going to take extra 90s. Just how they do it. It's fun to watch, honestly. It's refreshing. It's super refreshing. This is a better matchup. as thing, I, I think as the games are going, it's a more enjoyable matchup than I think we thought coming in. At least I did. Yeah, I think a lot of people have to apologize to these two teams, including ourselves. I mean, granted, Probably. the series we're only two games in, so we've yet to see how the rest of it plays out. But at least out of the gate, I think it proved to be far more entertaining of a matchup than I think people were giving it credit for. Yeah. Um, I think both teams, like I said, they're both playing their brand of baseball. The Rangers were just... I mean, the Rangers will more like more often than not out homer you, and the D backs are gonna out small ball you, and that's what they did. And like you said, they don't the D backs don't beat themselves. They they ultimately ultimately lost to Corey Seager and Adolis Garcia. So it's like, yeah, that's not beating yourself. That's just getting beat by right. very very good hitters. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I I felt a little. I felt a little guilty um, that uh, I was I was giving them a hard time and and I I look if you're listening to our our uh, LCS slash World Series preview I think you could if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time you could probably sense that we weren't exactly the most thrilled about this World Series uh, yeah it's just been a tough postseason unless you've been a, t- a fan of of these teams and even the Great. teams that are getting bounced it's hard to be excited once once your team gets bounced so it's like you you get to the world like you you see teams like the Braves and the O's getting getting bounced and then you get to the World Series and you're left with these two and you're like what can we really expect? But to some people's credit, they were like, you know, it's refreshing. We have some some unique styles of baseball here. You got a team that just mashes, and you got a team that knows how to yeah, play small ball, take the extra 90, so on and so forth. So we'll see how it plays out. And game one, I think, perfectly encapsulated what, what it was that they were talking about. So 100%. I do think, I mean, we need to talk about, I, 
Is it just me or is Gallon not Gallon right now? There's been a couple starts in this postseason where it's like, I'm not seeing a stuff. Yeah, and look, that's that's tough. Gallon's putting himself in a tough spot because I'm sure. Did we talk? Was it was it last episode we mentioned? Had it happened by that point where he was he was uh, throwing shade on Twitter to the Phillies fans talking about go get your tickets for spring training and yeah he's been saying some other things and like uh, Seawall too he he put out that tweet where he was talking about like it's receipt season and he's taking screenshots yeah. of people. And I'm like, this seems to me like something you would say once you've already secured the trophy. Like, right. let's not get it. I get it. You're as the D-backs coming off that series against the Phillies, you're feeling yourself a little bit. I understand that, but also, like, the ser- at that point the series hadn't even started yet, and now it, it's tied up one-one. So like, let's let's hold off on on talking yeah. noise, just just for a little bit. I just don't think he's been what we're used to and like i think you can see in my mind like look you throw 210 innings in the regular season we've now gotten to let's see 11 16 21 26 in a third innings in the postseason it's probably just fatigue like it'd be just this is a long this is by far the longest or the most innings he's thrown in a career. So it's just it's not like dominant stuff. You know? Like we go back to the first game, Milwaukee, six innings, two earned runs, three walks, four Ks. Like it's just it's not that's not bad. Next game against the Dodgers, five and a third, two earned runs. Then five innings with five earned runs, six innings, four earned runs, and then Friday's game, five innings, three earned runs, five strikeouts, four walks. I mean, it's it's not like it's it's not bad. It's just you're used to seeing a little bit more of ace stuff. Yeah, and I think I think that's where some of the confusion is coming into play surrounding the Diamondbacks, where up until game two, where Merrill Kelly, and we'll get into it. Uh, up until game two where he he showed up, Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly had not necessarily been the yeah. headlining names for this team in this right. postseason. Like they they've given you sufficiency, but not exactly dominance. Up and like I said, up until game two. Which yeah. speaks again to their brain of baseball. They figure out other ways to win when they don't have it on the mound. They're going to figure out ways to scrape across, scrape runs across the plate. And they've been able to do that thus far, whether or not it's sustainable through the end of this thing, we've yet to see, but it's worked for them up to this point. So credit to them for that. Keep doing you. Um, going, going back to this game, one thing I, I don't know if you would agree with me, um, or many other people would agree with me, but in watching that game, one of the more, you've got your obvious pivotal moments. You got the Corey Seager home run. But for me, the more 
not saying more pivotal than Corey Seager's home run, but one of the more pivotal moments for me was in the top of the fifth. You had Dane Dunning on the mound, mm. and you had two on. Yeah, like big chopper. The big chop yeah. to low, and then he, or Lau, low, Lau, low, low, low. Big chopper. I don't think people realize how difficult that play is, or that throw is, rather. I mean, the fielding is one thing, but making that throw, hitting a moving target with right. a rather bang-bang play at first, like that that could have been the game. Like if you don't, because you strand two, if you don't keep that game at two or that deficit yeah. at two, things could unravel very quickly. That's a strong so PFP. That, yeah, like you you work on that as a pitcher. That's mm -hmm. not just like, oh, we yeah. just happened to successfully execute that play. Like, no, you've yeah. you, you've worked on on these kinds of things before, and I'm yeah. glad to see it it uh, panned out for him. But yeah, like I said, that was that was a, a crucial moment in game one. And and if you don't keep that at two, and the rest of the game plays out the way it does, and Corey Seager steps up to the plate with one on, but you're down four. Mm -hmm. Game doesn't end the same way, but right. to keep it at two, honestly, in a postseason game, and the number may be different to to you, but for me, I I feel like anything is is possible in the in the ninth inning if you're within two. Yeah, three is like a little dicey, but if you're you always hear like a bloop and a blast. Like if you can just right. get somebody on and we talk yeah. about the added importance of 90 feet in the postseason, mm -hmm. it just changes the, the first whole 90 dynamic. feet is the most important. Exactly. So if you can just get, and, and we saw the way it, it happened with Seager, but if you can just get a guy on, well, I think good. that's, like, I think that's where the credit has to go to too. I think what was, that was Leo de Tavares that, that walked to get on. Right. Yeah, but also Simeon out, Seeger. Speaking of Tavares, did you see that route that he took to the ball on? I that think Cor it was that Corbin, Corbin Carroll, the little slice and dicer. What was that? Triple, not good, not good. So I'm glad to see he at least uh, he made up he for it. He didn't fold there in the ninth. So good, he made up good for, for it because like that's. I don't know. Like as as a pitcher, like you can't. That can't happen. You can't walk nine guy. You can't walk nine guy to face Simeon Seeger. Like that just you can't give those two an opportunity with somebody on. It's just you're not gonna it's not gonna work. And it didn't. Um also the load, I don't know for my for my hitting nerds out there, it seemed like Seeger, he's a little toe tap guy. And that toe tap that he put on Seawald was like the earliest load up, I'm sitting dead red toe tap. And he got he, what he he got what he wanted, launched it, knew it right away. Turned on it, dude. He knew it. He absolutely knew it. Freaking I mean, professional hitter right there. That call from Joe Davis, too. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Davis is he's stepped into That is a professional call. Uh-huh. He stepped into big time. He's 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 up there now. Also, I know it, it's been a minute since we've done our our uh, buy sell segment but if i was to buy, buy something if i was to buy something this episode it would be i don't know if you've seen them lately but it's the calls where they remove the broadcast mm. and it's they just let the crowd noise play yeah, out those are great 
love that dude and they i saw the one for seager's home run that place came unglued yeah and to yeah. see to see a guy that's rather stoic kind of show that's to true. show that emotion yeah, yeah. and he's done he's done it before and he did it in that very ballpark back in 2020 he yep. He loves to yep. he loves to get into it a little bit when the moment calls for it, and that like you love to see that. I do. You I love do. to see that. Pretty wild. I mean, I'd be on cloud nine if I just hit a ding dong like that, and then in the post game coverage, Derek Jeter is saying that I'm his favorite player moving forward. Like if I'm Corey Zeger, I'm <laughs> I'm sitting I'm sitting real well. So it's, it's in a good spot big confidence boost right there that's what's yeah, up yeah like i said that's a man you you just hated to see a game like that end for either team like that was just a, a well-played mm-hmm. baseball game i think uh yeah. i mean i already mentioned it but with the d-backs playing their their brand of ball i think they finish with four stolen bases i believe it was four mm-hmm yeah, four. Um, and then again, just going back to the walk off, like who else? At that point, who else did you think it was going to be? And the craziest yeah. part of that AB, to me at least, was the bat off the ball, the swing that he took. There, it did not seem it like as a foul ball, that- dude. <laughs> it looked like that was going to slice foul. Like before the camera angle switched, I was like. That's maybe poking down the line a little bit. It didn't, yeah. I thought if anything, it was maybe like a a slicer that that would have had to have been tracked a little bit, maybe come in on a little bit, mm, but that yeah. it was nowhere even remotely close to the the warning track, much less you weren't I think accounting it ended for the biceps, dude. Up, I th- I think it went like three three seventy five or three seventy six yeah. or something. I'm like that that no didn't have that swing on it. I agree no, there. Surely didn't. Definitely do agree. We, do we need to get this man tested for real? Maybe. Possibly. You think he's already been tested? Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, On the other side, uh, first kind of first hiccup from big game Nate that didn't, didn't look like him. No, didn't but have, didn't have his stuff. Battle I mean, he, through. Had, he had eight K's though. Yeah. Which I believe I read was the most from a Ranger in a World Series game. Yeah. Possibly possibly postseason. No, I think it was World Series game. It's just barrels, um, dude. It's just barrels. Like not trying to lift the ball, just smoking line drives all over the place. Hard ground balls. It's fun to watch. I got to give the Diamondbacks credit for that. Like, if you're a baseball fan and you miss what old school baseball looked like, it's them. Which honestly makes what Ivaldi did even more impressive to get eight Ks against sure. a lineup like that. It's not a swing just, and miss lineup. Yeah. I mean, well, unless we're talking Christian Walker. Yikes. I feel for that guy, man. You can tell the body language is at an all-time low for that guy. A lot of haters out here. A lot of people fed up. I mean, I get it, dude. He Uh, it's understandable. It's it's not like a I mean, I can't I'm not gonna speak for Diamondbacks fans out there, but like for me, 
if I'm looking at that, I'm going, it's nothing personal, but we gotta, we gotta slide you out of here because you're, you're very transparently frustrated with yourself. Understandably so, but like, we don't have time to, to have the mope show here, especially like in this, in this dugout and walking back to the dugout. We, we just can't have it. He's played lights out defense, though. I mean, he's a gold he lover has. at first. I know it's like, he has. The it's, value is still there, and it's he's just, made some excellent plays, even just in these first two games, for sure. Absolutely, run saving plays, which, like you said, has its own value. Even like to the guys around that infield, it yeah. it it makes them better knowing that they have a vacuum yeah. cleaner over there over there at first. So. I get it. Like I understand the trade off, but man, that's tough to watch. And I think he, I think he got a knock last night, right? I think he squared one up in the left I think center. He did. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he got on. So who knows? Maybe that it. Like we always say, it only takes one. So we'll see how it how it works out for him. Um. But then, uh, game two. What? Yeah. Hey, that was a, that was breezing by, dude. I blinked and it was in the sixth inning. Okay, yeah. So we it was uh, sub three hours. It was two. I want to say like two fifty seven. So it was like uh-huh. right around the three hour mark. The game game one the night before was like four hours and two minutes, which I also think is interesting that nobody bats an eye at that. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, this was the greatest game we've seen this postseason. <laughs> yeah. Nobody exactly. thought twice about how long it was going. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody thought twice about it. So that was that was interesting to see. And I'm also glad whoever made the final decision to eliminate the extra innings base runner rule for the postseason. Thank you. Genius. Yeah. Like that just think of how differently we'd be viewing the result of that game, regardless which way uh, it went. Yeah. If it would have ended via the extra innings base runner rule. I do. I'm sorry, that it's not the same. Never hit. will be. Yeah, part of me forgot a little bit because we'd only seen that one extra inning game. No, this this, is... that was the first one. This post. Oh, that was a, that was a ninth inning walk off, huh? Yeah, the, the Arizona's yep. one against the Phillies. I was gonna say like nothing, just nothing coming that way. That's cool. That's fine with me. Free baseball never hurts. Always on board. Um, but yeah, game two to your to your point, just felt like it flew by. Oh, I mean, look, the, you talked about Merrill Kelly like coming onto the scene. Dude was absolutely commanding, like doing whatever he want, whatever he wanted. Um, I hadn't paid attention before, so I don't know. I don't know if this was his first time calling his own pitches, but he had a little pitch column on his belt and. Bro was just doing whatever he wanted. And it was like, it's it's that, I and I'll give Smoltz credit, because Smoltz knows how to talk when it's about pitching. And I'll give him that. Everything else about the game, it's kind of annoying. It's super, like, surface-level cliche type things, you say. But when he talks pitching, he says the right thing. And he said, like, Merrill Kelly will treat that bottom line of the strike zone as if like a crossbar and like yeah. a field goal. Right. And yep. so he works and you could just see the whole game. It was fastball that would sit 
bottom line, or it'd be a sinker that started at that and go right below. It was a changeup that would go right below, a cutter that would dive the other way. He had everything working, everything working. Do you I was know impressed. How, do you know how many uh, three ball counts he went to? Maybe one. Yeah, I don't know. One. That's crazy. One, one three ball count. It's pretty pretty dang. And good. that's if if you think about it. I mean, we we've talked about it plenty, and everybody knows it at this point. But that Rangers offense is nothing to turn your nose up at. No, for real. And That's... to be able to go after those guys that efficiently and that effectively. Yeah. To I mean, the same way you look at what Eovaldi did strikeout-wise against the D-backs in game one, is it's equally, if not more impressive, what Merrill Kelly did reining in that offense, especially after... Yeah. A, a morale boosting game one. That um, it's true, man. It's hats just, off to hats off. No to one him. really caught a clean barrel off of him. It was a lot of it was a lot of weak contact. It was a uh, lot of swing and miss. Minus, AL, our World Series MVP pick right here. My guy Mitch Garver. That was caught just a, caught a barrel. Wild because that ball was four inches down and in. No idea how he got that. No idea how he lifted that. I'm beating that into my ankle nine times out of ten. I think they said it was. I may be way off here, but I thought I saw that it was like 13 inches or something. It wasn't close. They said it was was the lowest home run of his career. It was a nasty breaker. I have no idea how he lifted that. Insane. And at that point, you know, like it's Merrill Kelly just tip the cap and, and move on which clearly he did, but yeah, I mean, it was like when you have a, when you have a sinker in a fastball and when you're slotting on the same, like you're slotting in the same spot on the night and you got guys that are trying to lay off of a sinker down and you're, I don't know how many I saw. I saw like three or four just fastball looking strikeouts that were at the bottom of the zone. Cause you think sinker down, I got to leave it down. It was impressive. I like mad respect. I had to, I got to own up to that because I've been, I've been giving him a hard time pretty much all year. But my man Roland, he <laughs> rolling shit from Shit's Creek. Uh, he managed to, to look pretty well on the other side. Um, I'd be a little nervous if I'm, if I'm the Rangers just because of like it's kind of seems like the pitching staff is, is getting a little fatigued overall. Um, Jordan Montgomery, of course, when I, I had a little three leg parlay going and, uh, I took the over four and a half strikeouts for Jordan Montgomery. Bro didn't even have four and a half swing and misses. Miserable. Super efficient with, uh, Super efficient with the pitch count. Like, I'll give him credit for that, but just no swing and misses. I think he maybe had one or two. It was crazy. The line was four and a half? Four and a half strikeouts, and I took That's the over. That's a top. I don't know if I'd be taking that against the D-backs. We just got done talking about I know. How, I like, know, but I saw Jordan Montgomery last time out, and it, it, it looked good. Yeah, but it wasn't against the Diamondbacks. I know. I understand. I, uh, I, I don't like betting teams in the world series just because you never know like i don't i don't right. like so i took the over which hit 
I took the Jordan Montgomery. That was the only part that didn't hit. I had a Cattell Marte hit, which was good. I think I had like a... Oh, Evan Carter hit. Nice. Was good. So I had everything except the strikeouts. But yeah, just uh, didn't look great. And, and like, I think that shows how good Jordan Montgomery has been lately. And how he's progressed because, like, even then he didn't look that good. Most of the damage came afterwards. It was mostly off of the bullpen from what I saw. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's just you got to tip your cap. Merrill Kelly, man, commanded that game. Tempo was working in rhythm. I like, I don't know. I'm going to have to look back. I kind of want to look back and maybe see like a game recap. From his last starts. I don't remember him calling his own pitches before. I don't know. Maybe he found something. Maybe this is. It's nasty. Maybe we'll see it one more time this series. Yeah, you got to think. You got to think if there's a game. Like a game six or seven. He'd go six. I would, I would, he or, would either. No, because Sunday travel, so that's one, game three, four, five, travel day. So he could go He could go game five on short rest, or yeah. he could go six on maybe an extra day of so, rest. So, yeah. Unless they're in like a clinch position, which would be wild. Yeah. Maybe see a, imagine the same game, Gallon Kelly. But anyway. I'm just, I was impressed. Um, offensively, yeah, dude. It's just, you know, everybody's, for the Diamondbacks, are rolling right now. Already mentioned it. Cattell Marte uh, having himself a postseason. Extends his postseason hitting streak to 18, a record 18 games, uh, which snapped a tie for the longest hitting postseason hitting streak with the aforementioned Derek Cheater. Manny Ramirez and Hank Bauer. He's a, he has a post he has a hit in every postseason game he's played. You see the quote? Let's see if I can find it real quick. Was it just the one where he said he's not he doesn't think about that? Yeah, he's not even he's thinking just, about it, dude. Just wants to Which I don't believe. Come on. Can we stop with the I'm I'm not it's not even on my radar. I'm only worried. He said I'm worried about my my only if he would have said here's okay, the thing if he would have said i'm because this was the second part of the quote he said i'm not worried about, i'm just worried about winning and getting on base if he would have said just left it at the getting on base thing i'm like okay i like that a nice bat to ball guy we're talking about here i i believe that but the whole like i'm just here to help my team win like come on dude the line is tired i hear you typically if it wasn't this kind of guy He's a he's I he's a I gotta impact the game somehow, some way kind of guy. You could just tell. Like he's whether it's defensively on the bases, yeah. like speed is a factor. Like he's just like I just let me impact the game in a positive way somehow, some way. So I'm I'm kind of there. I kind of buy it. No, I, I mean, like don't it. get me wrong. I don't have anything against Marte. I I'm I'm a fan you of know, his. I know, I know. Not to any little, like extreme level. Tired of the quote. Yeah, just it's more just the quote. It's all. Yeah, 
And I get it. It's an easy throwdown, but I I respect the part more where he said, "I just I I'm worried also, about getting on base." It's also, like you, you do gotta that remember well. you gotta remember with these dudes that like they're learning English as their second language. Like they're practicing yeah. post game yeah. interviews, and like it's probably a little script that they just they've gone through in their head a million times. That's true. So that would be what I would imagine. But either way, you're he's so right. Freaking fun to watch, dude. And the purple sleeve is so sick that's just him that's just a silent outcry to get the d-backs to do what everybody in the baseball world wants them to do and that's to wear purple 100 and, and with we longo doing? rocking the the teal cleats like you could just tell they're like they're needing it they're itching for it give me a back. It can happen too because I saw, um, I don't even remember how I ended up on this tweet, but I did some sort of search, some Google search, and then it led me to this tweet from this reporter from back in, um, it was either like 20, I guess, yeah, I guess it would have been 2021 or something. And he was like, just checked with MLB. The Red Sox can wear the City Connects in the postseason if they so choose. Or the, it was something to that effect. So I'm like, okay, well, if the rule, unless Lame. they've changed it since then, they can wear, Don't I would imagine, City yeah. Connects, throwbacks, whatever it is. Don't show so, me that one. I don't need to see that. I would love to see a black jersey at home. And then I would also like to see the vest. I, I, I'm going to assume it's the starting pitcher's decision. I would guess. Whoever's comfortable enough to throw in a vest. So, you know, I those think, guys are weird. I think I saw some D-backs fan post something about that's like Gallon's favorite jersey is the throwback oh, Well, that's one. not going to matter because we're not going to see him here. In Phoenix, that's what I'm so. saying. So, it's yeah. like if, if it was it up to, to the pitcher... Else. Yeah, Fott, gonna have to P. Fat needs to take one for the team. Just, I mean, he's already a vibe. But like, can we just let's just add to the list of Fott seems P-fat like swag. a Fott seems like a black jersey guy. I wouldn't hate it. In fact, they may have. Let's see, they may have already announced. The D backs do a great job of uh, announcing the jerseys. Let fans know ahead of time. Um, now they have they don't have it out yet. Hmm. So probably probably do it tomorrow morning. Um but yeah, please, just for all that's good, give us the purple and teal. Just one game. Just one. Just one. Um last game. Did, How about that? Oh, we didn't even game five. We didn't even reference it. The um speaking of the purple and teal. Going back to that 2001 team. Did you see that post I put out about that that tweet from that Chris guy talking, drawing the comparison or the parallels to the 01 team? The bird thing. Yeah, bird dude. So so Chris Middleton on, on Twitter on X says, so you mean to tell me, and this is ahead of game one, but going back to it anyway he says so you mean to tell me our ace hit a bird in 2001 and our ace hit a bird in 2023 all the dates of the world series games in 20- 2001 are the same as the dates in 2023 
The All-Star Game was in Seattle in 2001 and 2023. And George Bush threw the first pitch in 2001 and 2023. There's a lot going on there. I mean, if the D-backs are going to do it, they've got they've got history on their side. That's all I'll say. It's hard for me to see it, but sure. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think now that we've got two games in the books, we've got a Rangers win, we've got a D-backs win. We've got our Rangers doing what they do in game one. And also the D-backs doing what they do in game one. And then you got the D-backs taking the winning game too. With what we've seen so far, do you see any other scenario other than this going seven? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think... I could definitely see it's just tough dude. Cause like this Rangers offense, like you can see that it could go quiet. You know what I mean? Like they could get pretty quiet and it could carry over a little bit. It's such a, it's such a peak and Valley type offense. So maybe Diamondbacks come out and, and snag the first game back here in chase. I don't know. I don't know if I can imagine. I don't know if I can imagine the Diamondbacks winning two of three. I don't know what it is. But this is the same D-backs team that took six and seven at the bank. I agree. Like, we can't lose sight of that. For sure. We're not even a... I mean, we're... Not even a week removed from that. We're right? talking about a Rangers team that's only lost three games. Yeah, but like that game two was not exactly pretty. It was not. And that could have a little bit of I mean they're I, I think they got I think they were blessed with a travel day, hit the reset button a little bit, but like Yeah. Like you said, that could have a little bit of a carryover effect. How lame is it that both games are inside? I mean, I I have I not said this before. It like for the postseason, I if you We're have a part, I think it's one thing if you're there and you're like inside this loud environment, it's better. But on TV, I want to see frigid people. I want to see people with. You're hand not going to see frigid people in either location. I understand. I'm just saying, like, sometimes well, it can get a little right? chilly. I mean, what is... 78 degrees here right now, so... But in... What's what's it like in Dallas right now? Probably the same. I hear what you're saying. Oh, shoot. A little, a little chilly? It's, 40, it's 45. Look at that. See? Okay, yeah, but that's far from frigid. I don't know. Playing baseball in 45 isn't warm. It's projected But I'm saying be, I want to see fans all bundled up. I like that. It's going to be... High seventies a week from today, so I I don't <laughs> yeah, think it's exactly going to be getting go. frigid. Um, what was I saying? What were we just talking about? I don't know. Indoors, outdoors. Yeah, like if you have a park, 
that has a retractable roof, you're going to have to have that thing closed for the postseason. I got to assume it's going to be open one of these nights. It's freaking gorgeous here. It's perfect right now. Yeah, but it's easier. It's, I think, I mean, let's be honest. I don't know how much of a an impact the marketing of a closed roof has, but like when I see, as a as an impartial party here, when I see the tweet come out from the D backs or any for any any uh, retractable roof team for that matter, when I see the post come out that says the roof is closed make it loud or, or something to that effect. I'm like, all right, I can buy that. And I would be, if I was a fan going to the game, I'd be like, all right, time to bring a little bit of the juice. So I'm, I, I look, <laughs> I've made it clear. I don't, I don't believe in, in retractable roofs. I think they should be outlawed as the same with artificial turf. But if it's there, if you got it, close that baby up, Hang let's on. get the decibels up. So you don't think there should be any roof or you should think there shouldn't be retractable roofs? Like, are you okay with domes where the roof just stays forever? Sorry, I should have clarified. I, I meant... You don't like roofs at all. <sighs> yeah, but at the same time... I oh here's Okay, here's a dream scenario. And I'm sorry, I'm just kind of... I'm working this out on the I fly can, here. I can so tell. Okay. I haven't really... I haven't really put much thought into this but uh, okay. this is good this is good i think the dream scenario would be to have a retractable roof that's used minimally but also is over natural grass okay and i know the science behind that I think probably it's doesn't grass make in sense Houston, right is it i think so I think you're right. Yeah, because I've seen I've seen grass stains. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So I think I it's think possible. Right. That, and I say the tr the roof used the minimally walking. because I just like. Mm, Seattle. I don't know. Going back to this dream scenario. <laughs> Only use it to ward off rain. Don't be like, sure, oh, sure, it's, sure, like sure. it's like yeah. a little chilly out. Let's close it up. No, oh, like yeah. only used to keep games from being canceled because I don't, as much as I hate domes and roofs, I'd rather see baseball played. And if that means closing it up for a night, whatever. But yeah. keep it open 99% of the time and give me natural grass and I'll be fine. Fair enough. I feel like that's a more than fair compromise. How do you feel about us getting into November here soon? It still bugs me that we're playing the World Series in November. Yeah, I agree. And I'll be honest, I'm quickly approaching. Like, I I think we've done this podcast long enough now to have like a, a, a rhythm and like a feel for where we're at in the year. Mm. And I feel like I'm very quickly approaching the time where I'm like, mm. okay, I, we need to we need to step away from the mic for a little bit. We're getting to that like burnout point where it's like, okay, we we need to get we need to make it through the through the end of the World Series and then yeah. we'll we'll reconvene. But I heard man. this I heard this um it was I don't know, like a TikTok on on like some radio show. I couldn't even begin to give it credit for who or where. It was about 
it, there were still people complaining about like the first round bye for the division winners and stuff like that and how the week off is you know not an advantage at all um the idea was that they wanted to go back to a one game wild card i'm not for that i like the three game wild card i'm totally okay with the way that is the better part of his idea was the division series five game set still keep it all in one city Keep it in that division winner city. No travel days. Just And don't have a travel day for that wild card winner either. Go play the next day. No off day. Even if it's a three game, you take all three. You got to go there and play in that next city the next day. And that, to me, would be a true advantage. That would feel like a, that, like that week off would then kind of be balanced back to that division winner having the advantage yeah. all in the city, all five, if you need them all at home. And I get that. That's like, all right, it doesn't spread the love amongst cities and fan bases, whatever. This would, I think, balance the scale a little bit. Like imagine the diamondbacks having to go to Milwaukee, win all three in Milwaukee or two or three in Milwaukee, and then have to go to LA and see the whole series in LA. A little bit of a different scenario. I like it. I don't. And hate I think that, I brought. Right? The, I think I brought this up after the first round kind of wrapped up, and we were talking about all the people complaining about the structure. And I, but I can't remember where you stood. Well, I mean, you kind of clarified just now, but between having a, a three game wild card series and a, a five game division series, would you still prefer that? over going back to the one game but and having a seven. best of seven for the ds i wouldn't hate seven to be honest i wouldn't hate it and to be fair i have been to a one game wild card i've been to two they're electric they're electric because it's like it's all or nothing it's here tonight and the crowd is all about it there's no leaving early there's none of that like it is like sell out, leave everything we have on this field. I can't argue against the live thing. But again, like it is weird to have your entire season do that. Maybe um, maybe there's some type of balance. Like maybe there's some type of balance where like the instead of the the lowest division winner. So like let's just grab the American League for this example. So we had O's by. We had um, Astros by. Right? So let's grab the Twins. And we'll say instead of them playing the third seed wild card, let them play the first seed wild card. And make that like a three game set. And then the bottom two teams, it's just a one-gamer. The bottom so two wild like cards. The, as the worst division-winning team, you get the top. The worst division-winning team, you play a three-game wild-card set. The two bottom wild-card guys, that's just a one-and-done. Yeah, because I, I think... I mean, That'd I, be neat. You get a little best of both worlds there. Yeah, yeah. 
But I, I think the intention, or I'm just speculating at this point, but I, I think I'm guessing Major League Baseball's intention for the wild card was to treat it like a play-in game. So, like, get if that's what you wanted it to be, stay with the one gamer. Get back to that, and like, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I've said it before. I don't, I don't like the both. fact that a one, like, yeah. you have you have your camps for both, because like there in my mind, like there isn't that much of a of an advantage between the first wild card spot and the last wild card spot. Yeah, there should I, that be a I do bigger advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, you won the top wild card spot. You didn't win your division, but you won the top wild card spot. I think you deserve a three game set. Whereas the bottom two guys, just a one and done. You get best of both worlds. I'm here for that. But I mean, if you eliminate, if you keep the division series in house and don't let it travel to the other city, um, I understand like how much you're removing from like season tickets and stuff, but you can take. A, a good four or five days away from travel crap and off yep. days. And we're getting this thing done in October versus creeping into the first week of November. Speaking of getting it done in October, we have yet to mention what Tommy fam has been doing. Um, Respect dude. I mean, I was thinking about it today. I'm like yet another situation Yet another yeah. individual where I feel like I'm slowly starting to come around on. I'm like, yeah. at least with Tommy Fam, you kind of know what you're getting. Like, you're going right. to get an outspoken, like, possibly rather arrogant at times kind of right. guy. But he is very clear about that. And he'll let you know. And I'll be honest, when I saw the the nugget about him going four for four in game two, having a chance to become the first ever five for five guy in a World Series game. I'm like, Tori, what are we doing, guy? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? I think Have everyone's some reaction was that. Yeah, yeah. And then you 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 hear on that um, you you see that comment that he made on that Instagram post uh, with that nugget. I think was included about the becoming the first possible five for five and he was like no dude i just wanted to give my guy jace peterson his first world series ab like stop stop with this narrative and i'm like he's the one that went to tory he went to tory and said let's get jason that's so i'm like you gotta respect that i have nothing but respect for that move and like at this point people's yeah could be arguing like oh he's just he's just making that like what what would he gain from making that up like i i genuinely feel like that's more than likely the conversation that took place. And I got to respect so. him for that. Yeah. But that dude's been getting it done. He had a, um, sure has. he had a bop in game one, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Or was, yeah, was game, game one. one. Yeah. Tell you what, man. Yeah. He's it's, doing stuff uh, against righties now, which tells you he's locked in. Yeah. His, I read, he's been like a, like a only against lefties for right, like right. the last few years. Now all of a sudden he's popping off. I read dumb back pick on on second base yesterday. Yeah, like, did you see? Yikes. I mean, I won't repeat it, but did you see uh, Mike Maddox's <laughs> Maddox, yeah. comment? Did you could very clearly yeah. make out? Yeah, I agree. Um, what are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, and then I don't know if you saw, but he Tommy Fam, like there was a tweet that had the video of Mike Maddox's like lip reading thing mm-hmm. 
And then I think he just put like the receipts emoji or something. Mm. So I'm like, ah, Rangers, be careful. Like, be careful. Don't don't <sighs> lose this World Series because yeah. you woke up Tommy Fam of all I people. Know. I know. Tommy Fam is definitely in 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 the comments though. That guy's he's aware. Through. I'll give him credit. He he doesn't yeah. bury his head in the sand after games. Like he he wants to know like what's being talked about. And look, I, all joking aside, I respect an athlete, especially a professional athlete, at this point in time, like with this with society the way it is now, mm-hmm. and just the the volatile things that people can say with really no basis whatsoever. And right. the fact that he doesn't shy away from that, he's like, no, like I want to know what, what's being talked about. Like, I want to know what people are saying. And if I so choose, I'll gladly use whatever it is that they're saying out there to possibly serve as an advantage for me in the future in games to come. So sure. credit to him for that. Um, I did read that it was hit, which I had no idea, but, this was his third four-hit game in the postseason. This which, postseason, or overall in career, is his career, mm-hmm. which uh, tied Albert Pujols for most in Major League history. I'm sorry, ALNL history. Whatever that means. Still don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tommy Pham. Credit to him. D-backs, then I think the names, I, I, I think if, if there's a takeaway from these first two games, I think for the D-backs, it's that the names that you would hope would start. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Corbin Carroll is like really starting to roll now. I, I yeah, start. Since game seven against the Phillies, he's like, he's back, catching him at a hot time. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Evan Longoria had that... Uh, with that double down the line. R- RBI knock, yeah. He's got, a, I think, a couple a hits already. Yeah. Which, for his sake, I, if they do end up winning this thing, I hope that he he has something to show for it after this series is over. Like, I want to see him have at least, like, you know, a handful of hits, a, a mm, few RBIs yeah. here and there that he can look back and be like, I at least can. I mean, he he's he certainly contributed to this team's overall success this year and in, in helping yeah. them get here just with his leadership alone. Yeah. But specifically in the World Series, especially with the way his his first one did back with back with Tampa, I think that was what oh um, eight. I think I th- he went uh, one for twenty, I believe, in that World Series. Yeah. So yeah. For him, I think it's. I think I read it's 15 years later for him. If he can, yeah, that would make sense. Oh wait, yeah, 15. So for him to be able to return to the World Series 15 years later and actually, you know, have himself a little bit of a series, I think would be huge. I'd love to see I agree. that. By the way, I'm going to call um, a a clutch Christian Walker home run. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's coming at some point. <sighs> I don't, it's, I, a clutch one, a real clutch one. It's going to wipe away all the wrongdoing so far. Are you saying that because you believe in Christian Walker or are you just Just getting tired of people rolling over on him? I like Christian Walker, so. I don't have anything against Christian Walker. I'm not ready to sell. I like him. People suddenly forgot he's, you know, a 30 and 100 guy and a big reason why you're here now. Hey, I I applaud your belief in him, but I'm telling you, dude, the body language is... It's cool. It's fine. Rough. Say what you will. It's coming. It's coming. Big clutch one. 
What about a guy like Marcus Semien, man? He, I mean, he's he's been he, yeah. He's been eh. He's been. You eh. see anything? You see anything big from him in the next few games? I don't know that play up the middle that he played, that uh, that that glove, um, that backhand that was like up the middle, shortstop side. Yeah, that he made. You know, that was impressive. Yeah, but I mean, there's guys like that throughout the league where, regardless how they're feeling at the plate, you know you're going to get that consistency with the glove, and I think he's very easily one of those guys yeah but like we're gonna need we're gonna, we're gonna need, need a little something from you a little something marcus come on if we're gonna call you a top three second baseman you're gonna need to show up a little bit because Cattell Marte's casting a well, large he shadow. is though that's the thing he, i mean the the regular season he had I, what did he lead like i think he led his team in war he led the american league in some some form of hitting. I don't even remember what it was. Some statistical category he let I think he led the American League in. So it's not like he's had a down year and it it's not like it makes sense that he's he's having these struggles this late in the year. But see, I'm kinda on the opposite side. Gonna need a little something. I think he played well. But I'm not freaking out like everyone else. 29 home runs, 100 RBIs, 162 games played, props, showed up every day. 276, 826 OPS. It's solid. Don't get me wrong. It's solid, but like, I'm not I mean, gonna... as a second baseman, yeah, yeah I'll take that. It's solid, but like, mm. I wish I remembered what category it was. Because I'm almost positive there was some category that he led the American League in. He had a big war. I think he had a seven maybe, point four. Yeah, war. maybe it was war. I don't know if he led. He, but when you're maybe playing it was every like day, AL, and maybe it was AL second baseman. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Um. But I agree. He needs to show up and do a little something. Yeah, those are two guys. I think one one from each team that are gonna have to gonna really need to do something to change the odds to slide the odds into their respective teams favor. If they if one does and the other doesn't, that could be the difference. If both decide to show up over these next potential 5 games, then it's just up to the rest of the team to play their brand of baseball, going back to the brand of baseball thing and then you just let the chips fall as they may. But I just want a I long, think, strong, competitive World Series. Yeah, give me back to game one. Game two is eh. I don't yeah. I don't want that. Not we had either. we had plenty of that this uh, this uh postseason. Give me back to game one. Let's give I me agree. a couple more game ones. I agree. And let's end let's end this year on a on a high note. Works for me. Uh any other takeaways from first couple games? Game three, we've got Max Scherzer on the bump and <sighs> Brandon Fott. I did hear this take. I don't remember where. I don't really remember sources very well. I did hear this take that like we're half I, as much crap as we've been given Scherzer. We got to remind ourselves that like this is kind of his rehab. Like he's the postseason has been his rehab. You're gone for what month and a half. Typically, you get a couple of rehab starts in the minor leagues. So like, 
his rehab starts have been against like the Houston Astros. So it's like, no, it's, but I thought he had a couple, didn't he have a couple sim games in there to, I mean, they, I, they built yeah. him up a little bit. I mean, bit. I guess sim games, but like overall, sure. you know, so getting him a little credit. He did look better last time out. It's still a short leash in my mind. So what's tough is that like you saw Martin Perez yesterday. You saw Dane Dunning yesterday. Is John Gray still alive or what's the story there? He would. He is he not he, on the uh, roster? He no. He threw. Did he not? Did he? It just yeah, it game, makes me game one. It makes me wonder in. what the situation is. Who is coming in after a possible short start from Scherzer? Yeah. yeah. And then what do you do game four? Are you going short rest? I'll be interested to see if we see maybe an extended outing. And I say extended. I mean, it, it's not going to be more than two innings, I, w- I wouldn't imagine. But we have yet to see spores in games one or two. I have yet I to thought see... he threw yesterday, no? Not in game two, no. No. And then you tack on a travel day. Like I mean, a long you, middle relief type outing from him. You're I mean, going to need something. The Rangers, like, their bullpen is just not good. So if you're not getting length, if you're not getting length out of Scherzer, and then game four, it's either a short rest or a bullpen day, like, I don't I don't understand what the game plan is there. We shall see. I'd I'll tell you what, Scherzer could... short rest on Nady Evaldi. Yeah. Scherzer could certainly do wonders for that staff if he could give them something. Give me five strong. Give me five. Yeah, I was gonna say five. Three earned runs or less, and I'm you're getting a very big standing up. I agree. I I believe it can happen. Like you said, we've been given we've been yeah. giving him a lot of crap, but I like he's not. He's not dead. He <laughs> yeah. just has not been very good. That's yeah. all I'll say. But it's 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 within the realm of possibility for Max Scherzer of all people to be able to give you a five with maybe three earned runs. Like that's right. very much a realistic possibility. I think so. I think that's that's a fair ask. And I think Bruce Bochy would have quite the sigh of relief if he could have the conversation with Scherzer in the dugout after the fifth saying also comes down to really like the Rangers need to score in the first three innings. Like you have to get Scherzer some support. Yeah. You gotta score. Cannot afford to get shut down. You can't afford fought to to get settled in. You can't afford pitch count to be in good shape. Like you need to either attack early, make him throw a lot of pitches, something to give Scherzer somewhat of a chance. But the offense has to pick it up. I just wish for... Give me a Scherzer CG. Okay. (laughs) I just wish for Scherzer's sake that he could have gone up against anybody other than arguably Arizona's best pitcher right now. Their hottest guy, I would agree. We'll see. Are we throwing prediction outs on that? Um, Yeah, I mean, we won't... They won't hear from us until after three, four, and five anyway. So we can go we can go predictions for three, four, five, and then we can maybe reconvene after that. What do you got for outcomes for each game? 
Uh, I'm kind of like changing my script as I'm as I'm like everything I've said for this episode. I'm I feel like I'm trying to maybe switch things up. I don't know. I I guess I got to stick to my prediction. I still have Rangers in six. So give me a Rangers response game three. Yeah. Give me a Rangers response game three. Yeah, I think they take two out of three. Two out of the three. Rangers? Rangers. I Middle game I, going to the Diamondbacks. I was going to say the same exact thing. I see the pendulum swing back and forth every game. Yeah. I see the Rangers coming out in game three with the response, like you said. I see the D-backs locking it in for game four, riding the momentum of the crowd. Hopefully, they'll they'll be bringing it all three games. I see them picking up the middle game, and then I see the rain. I see the pendulum swinging back game five, and then they take that back to Texas, and then from there. And it, I, I won't say that it's a done deal being back home because, like I said, we saw what the D backs did at the bank six and seven. So mm-hmm. I'm not. I won't put it past them, but we'll just have to let it play it out. Let it play out at that point. But I I kind of like the the idea that the pendulum swings back and That'd forth be nice. each game this series because it it seems like if there was a series for that to happen, it'd be this one. And I think yeah. we saw it. We saw that firsthand games one and two. So brings for it'll be good. Entertainment. Yeah. Cool. Look at us going an hour and a half on two games. Look at that recap. Close. We're like hour 10. Sheesh. Anyway, unless you got any other takeaways, we will see you guys. um, Let's see. Game three, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, travel day, Thursday. Mm. So who knows? We could see you guys. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What day is it? Sunday? Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Travel day, Thursday. Or three... Three, four, five, travel day, mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah, so who knows? Based on how this goes, season could be over next time you hear from us. Um, That's true. But chances are probably not, um, but we'll no. see. I don't think it will be, but it could be. Other than that, though, we will we'll link back up with you guys at some point later in the series. Yeah, for sure. That's all I got. Um, weather getting better. It's getting a lot cooler outside. You guys are hanging out more, you know, doing more things. It's not as hot. Some of you are getting snow. Doesn't matter what kind of excuses you have. You still don't go chasing curveballs. We love you all. And as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.